this month's episode of the ARC Audio Book Club. This month, we've read a new collection of short stories by Kristen Rupinian. One of the stories is called Cat Person and was first published in The New Yorker in December 2017, where it instantly became the most shared piece of 2017. Rupinian went on to get a book deal, and this month we've gotten our clammy little hands on her newly published collection of short stories called You Know You Want This. There are 12 stories spanning from fairy tale to horror story to cat person. And I think common for most of them is the exploration of power dynamics in the white middle class. And we're here to talk about it. Charlie, regular by now. Yeah. And Macon. Hello. Dinosaur and co-hosts. And first timer, Frida. Welcome. Hey. <laughs> so I thought we should start out with cat person. Viral hit mm. and much debated. And HBO, she sold the rights to HBO, who's going to make it into a miniseries. So I hope the one story cat person is going to be made into a miniseries. All of them. Okay. And (laughs) I just hope she's on some tropical island somewhere. Yeah. Start with cat person, jump to the good guy, see where we end up. Could anyone summarize this better than, like me, probably, girl wants boy because she thinks she wants her. Then she sees him naked, decides, nah, sleeps with them anyway because of social conventions, and <laughs> ends up regretting it. Well, it's less that she sees him naked, but more like he just becomes becomes clear he's pretty incompetent. It's more like, uh, you. I mean, you're not that attractive, but then really you've found no ways to compensate for that oh. by developing any sort of skill or finesse or... But, yeah. yeah, I think we should get back to the attractiveness because mm. that was, like, a massive issue on the internet, like, oh, yeah? being debated about his fatness... And why I was there, um, mm. because like this, like reveals the power structures of these sort of relationship, but it's also like reinforces them by making him like less attractive when being fat. And people were really angry at the story for that point. That's weird because I didn't read that as her saying he was less attractive from that. It's because like he, like I, I, I didn't get that. I got like, yeah, he's not like sculpted, but I thought that was also part of the charm. Like he seemed somewhat accessible or like he would be some way, I don't know, like comfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. That that seemed to be like the, the thing that was coming across. And then as it became clear that he was really incompetent at sex, then it became something, and then it transformed its meaning. It was like, now it's like, oh, and you're unattractive. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's like a little bit before maybe. Like she sees him naked, he's fat, and then she's like turned off for good. But it's like kind of like fat, but also struggling to get out of your trousers, kind of like hopping around sort of thing. Like you're revealing your lack of physical ability whilst also, yeah. I think there, yeah, I think there's like a hope earlier on, like, oh, he's going to be some sort of like cuddly bear kind of figure. Mm. But then that becomes clearly not the case as he is just pouring like a bear would actually to yeah. a human, just tearing and it apart, really. Like one part of it, she's really into it, like mm. him being that like bear mm. uh, guy because she wants to feel like a doll mm. around him and she ends up feeling like a doll, but like a disgusting rubber ball. <laughs> Rub- sorry, rubber doll of some sort. No, yeah, like a rubber ball. She just <laughs> bounces against the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I would say that it, it would only be, it's a very kind of surface reading to say that the fatness all the way through is like her saying, oh, he's unattractive. And that's the kind of, because I think there's something she, it makes him appear to this character like a grown up, like an older man kind of thing that he's like got the kind of old dad bod thing. Mm. 
that's like a thing of that's like appealing in the in the opening, but then it becomes quickly like, oh, but he actually he's actually just a single guy. But it's also not as appealing as like what is appealing to her is what is what she thinks he thinks about her like the entire way through mm. the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is the appeal, right? Yeah. And when like anything goes wrong between them, mm. she will like try to explain. Well, maybe he's not an asshole. Maybe like that doesn't even really figure as a possibility. But mm. like maybe I hurt him. Maybe I have the mm. power to hurt him, mm. and that's why he's now at, like acting in this way. Like she keeps narrating this mm. story. Because. Um, because I think fundamentally, I mean, I don't think it's really about, uh, it's not really a matter of how attractive the guy is. It's more the fact that it's, I think the reason that it's, that it doesn't really matter that much is because it's about a narrative of, uh, she. it's an mm. internal narrative in the sense that yeah. it's it's a narrative that's always kind of there. You have this opening phase of meeting someone, whether it's online, whether it's just this random meeting at the... Um, at um, a cinema, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, it's awkward. And then the awkwardness somehow becomes a part of it and allows them to go forwards. Um, and then it's, it's this becomes this weird text game of like just trying to not find out anything about someone, but just to keep this ball rolling. Mm. And it's mostly, everything seems to be about keeping a ball rolling, continuing a narrative. Um, and then it just sort of obviously doesn't live up to that. Mm. And there are counter narratives of what she would want want it to be, where where a lot of the time she's sort of referring back to this imaginary future boyfriend who mm. will laugh about these things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. so it's never yeah. it's never really about desire from in the first place. It sounds like it's just kind of about going through the motions and how shitty that can be because it's not. But, very interesting. I don't but know. But also a lot about, yeah. maybe not about desire, but at least about second-hand desire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, of, it's about Robert's desire or like how she imagines he wants her. And it's about like mm. the second-hand desire of the future boyfriends uh, mm. when she tells the story yeah, and yeah. she will be really interesting and funny. And at one point she just sees herself like from without, uh, uh, no, from the outside, sorry, of um, like after the sex this seems so absurd to her and now she's like this she has this mystique about her now to yeah. herself like what kind of creature would do this like yeah. nothing is just flat yeah. and like that's life goal well, that's the because um, it's actually like when you put it like that it sounds a lot like that sort of uh, traditional literary theory version of lacan where women don't desire but they are like they they are the objects of desire and mm. they desire to be desired mm. which is I would say probably not the politics of uh, Christian European, but is certainly a pervasive thing that exists within culture. Yeah. And she's expressing that. And yeah. that's like, it's pretty, it's pr- politically problematic, but she's still, it's still a thing that happens all the time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like I was thinking about that, just like the fatness is there, right? And people have gone crazy over that. Like <laughs> that is politically incorrect. Mm. And yeah, why is it there? But I mean, because like it's not just speaking truth mm. to power; it's also reinforcing like these existing power structures. Mm. But I mean, it's there because people think that. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's because it, everyone because people treated it, and maybe continue to treat it as a think piece. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it has to have takes, mm. um, mm. and that's kind of the you know that I don't think you can just operate. Yeah, and you can't just me. read yeah. for takes. <laughs> takes are bad, folks. <laughs> I'm anti-takes, which is a problem 
if you're review, trying to review something. Yeah. yeah, if you give a nuanced thing which takes four pages and you're not really sure what you think about it by the end, that's not clicks. But one of the fun things is that it's ter- from the third-person mm. perspective, but um, it's always focalized from her point of view. Yeah. We never know what like mm. what yeah. he might be thinking. It's like right over her it shoulder. seems like yeah. he likes her better when she's weak, but she also likes herself more when he likes her. She th- When she thinks she likes her mm. because of her weakness, like when she's crying in the bar mm. and all that. And mm. this is the thing of like constantly seeing herself through his yeah. eyes. It's because like his desire is exciting until she realizes that his desire is entirely constituted by internet pornography. And then it's just boring, horrible, and uncomfortable. And then he's a strange like cat afterwards and sort of falls asleep. Mm. And it's just, she wanted his desire to be somewhat like life-changing in some way or some, or show her something about herself she didn't see, but instead yeah. she just saw internet porn coming back at her. And <laughs> it's just disappointing, really. Yeah. I, I again, I find... Uh... And what she wants is not something... Is that something that you find super vocalised in this? I think, like, through the dynamics that Gio just laid out, I think that's the... It's more that what she wants is this... His experience of her to mm. give her an experience of herself. Like, yeah. what she wants is basically, I think, experience yeah. um, I think, of but, herself, yeah. but through him. Which is, like, this kind of intersubjective thing that would happen where she would sort of transet, like transgress something mm. about herself. Yeah. But doesn't really happen. <laughs> Just goes to the cat guy's house. It's a good story, I think. I think it. I like it. Yeah, I think. I mean, it, it, it obviously made sense in the in the in the moment when it arrived that it became that it blew up. But uh, as you say, it was mis- it was mistakenly taken to be a like a think piece. <laughs> so that's yeah, and it, yeah, it's been but called it is, a Me Too story. You know what? I to give people <laughs> the people it does structure itself very much like a think piece. It's quite easy. I think it's easy for people to take it in yeah, that way yeah. because it it does, th- because it's pretending to be in third person. It's pretending to be in third person because mm. again, it's, it's everything. It's, it's her way of saying things. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Um, so you get that feeling of, that that it is supposed to do that, and I mm. think other pieces that I can't now I can't think of a single one, but I've I've seen mm. that happen before where someone go okay I'll narrate this in third person as a way to, as a distancing, mm. um, yeah, and so you get that feeling of like the fa- failed attempt at distancing maybe, but in here mm. it's just because it's not really in third person. But is that like a curious thing that happens when the because she talks about a outer body experience when the kind when the when the sex the thing appropriating sex happens in the in the story and then there's this distancing motion and is that is that anything or is that just two things that are similar which i've drawn too much significance to around i mean it's there but i didn't draw the same significance to it it's not probably not i mean in terms of failing or like that feeling that you have to get away from the thing to look at the thing a fun mm. thing I saw in I there, know. which I just, I liked it. <laughs> and there's going to be a, like a sort of similar thing where I'm mm. going to dislike it in the, <laughs> in the good guy story. Right. But this was taken as like the Me Too story right when it arrived, right? Because this was like, 
like all women could sort of recognize mm. something in the story and it came out just like a couple of months after yeah. the Me Too movement started and blah, blah. But after they have bad sex, she doesn't want to sleep there. She wants to go home and it's really awkward because he has to drive her home. Mm. And then, but he, I mean, he does it. Mm. Um, and then it says, he didn't murder her. He drove her to her dorm. I had a really nice time tonight, he said, unbuckling his seatbelt. Thanks, she said. Me too. <laughs> I just kind of thought that was... Like, that's, okay, that's nice. That's nice as the... That, that would be a good poem. Mm-hmm. Or be good material for a poem. Like the slipping position of me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just... I, I find it really hard to like... Hot, like, you know, I wanted to make notes in these. I have no notes. The only notes I ever make are on really small things because I, I just found that so hard to pick up on. Like, the only thing that I made a note of is I thought it was hilarious that apparently when they message each other, they use C and U for CU, but they also capitalize everything like fucking animals. Like <laughs> Dude, pick, pick a lane, stick yeah. to it. No one does both. I think... The end of that story, though, is a curious moment because I think that's the moment that makes it become sort of the Me Too think piece mm. text when he is desperately trying to get answers from her, having seen her at a bar. And, you know, it's an unflattering position. I am. I can remember my 16-year-old self being in, though never really getting to that last text. But that last text of, like, just running, like, was it whore or slut? Or whore. Whore. It just kind of felt like she was spending all this time carefully negotiating between her ability to understand his projection of her as being constitutive of the entire relationship mm. and that being problematic from both her and his point of view and then him not being very communicative within a, like an intimate setting. And then at the end, like, but of course he's just a misogynist. And that, that, that seemed to be the... This, that, oh, I think, yeah. that, I think that, that reading just comes out of that. Yeah. Even if it's not... I think that's a, it's almost a bit sloppy compared to how equivocal the rest of the story is. And then he does become an uninteresting character because yeah. so far we know nothing of him. And, like, he could be interesting, but I think yeah. that counts for, like, basically yeah. all the men in the story are not very interesting. Even when they're, like, narrating the story or, like, it's focalized from their point of view, they're still not as interesting as the women. Yeah. And they're, like, reduced, I feel. Mm. Um, but, I mean, not to be mean, but, like... Uh, which of the women do you find interesting in this book? Because I don't find any of them interesting. Like people don't really have personalities. They've got situations, mm. Mm. but they and have dynamics some sort of like more and... dynamic to the women, I think, and they have more like skill. I mean, in the good guy, we can segue into that. The good guy is the next story uh, in the book as well, which is about this sort of like soft incel guy, Always. like. Usually, like, when you describe yourself as a nice guy and mm. you're a nice guy, that's sort of, like, the mm. step before, yeah. like, yeah. yeah it's it's just, a painful read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the longest um, story, and it's about this 35-year-old man. Mm. Um, wait, we should read the, the first sentence of the uh, story, actually. <laughs> By the time he was 35, the only way Ted, Ted could get hard and remain so for the duration of sexual intercourse was to pretend that his dick was a knife and the woman he was fucking was stabbing herself with it. Good Read, intro. Readers will be shocked to hear, or not non-readers yet, will be shocked to hear that this does not basically come up ever again. In this that is annoying, story. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, but this is, this is indicative of everything I find in this book. It's yeah. like, okay... 
And because nah, that, nah, that's it. That's that's it. That would have been because that that thematically is somewhat hinted at later. Mm. I mean, she's seen seven clearly. <laughs> no, but I mean, okay. So the premise of the story is that the guy, he, because of like early rebuttals um, by women that he, well, girls he found attractive as a, as a teenager, he uh, decided to hide his desire from people, making him seem very non-threatening. And so, when people had been in threatening relationships, they went to him as a kind of safe space, and which then made him feel sort of elated for getting the girl, but then realizing, oh, she doesn't desire me, she will desire safety, and I represent safety. She doesn't actually desire me. And so I think that image at the beginning is, if I'm violence and horror, then I can maybe stay hard through this entire session. But but of course she is only here because she wants to have sex with me because I'm to, to dutifully fulfill the relationship and stay safe in this relationship. Really interesting, <laughs> really interesting thing to, to tear apart or to, 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 to look, or to tear apart, yeah. Not a good image. The first <laughs> yeah, image. And, and that, I think, thematically does resonate with the opening line. But you're right. I would like to see... I would, I would like more mention of his developing fetishes. Mm-hmm. They get hinted at, but just, I want to I feel a bit more... Um, I want to I know, know exactly what he's into. It doesn't <laughs> feel very... In, yeah, I don't know. If that one, it did, doesn't... It's in there, but it doesn't seem to, like, emerge very... Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't emerge in a sort of... A, particularly organic way it's it, it comes up again but but so getting back to the thing mm. of you asked me like are any of the women really interesting yeah. um so it's this very pedagogical story of like how is a nice guy made and so it flashes back to ted 14 years old um where he like as you said Macon, mm. he remodels himself to this like asexual nice guy mm. that like will, all the girls trust him and he gained their confidence only to like have massive crushes and fantasize about them mm. Um, and he's into his best friend Anna, Anna is into Marco, and Rachel, who he's tutoring, is into him. And he despises Rachel because she's like, she's plain and she's a bit mean and like she's almost vulgar and too much. And But she, I think she's still more interesting than him because she's sort of like conniving. When mm. she finds out, like she gets a sort of like a hint that he likes Anna at one point when she's, he says like, my friend Anna, and then she's like, oh, okay, who's this girl? Then she will like very subtle sort of stab him yeah. by saying that like she's friends with Anna and something and like Anna is into Mark like she knows yeah. stuff about Anna that he doesn't and then she like calls him out that they're not as close as he thinks they are and I think like the, the dynamics of women I don't know if it's true but I think they're always like more interesting mm-hmm. uh, when she writes about them although, although it does beg the question why she's dating him because again, that, that I think a lot of the time that that is never really that doesn't does that come up? Can you can you think no, of why? It, like she's into him in the beginning. We know from his point of view, but we mm-hmm. don't know why. But yeah. I don't like I don't know. There, I didn't really feel that I needed to know why Rachel was actually into him because people are just like people are fucked up, <laughs> and I don't need to hold her up to some like high moral yeah. standard. No, no, but it's not. Mor- um, I'm not talking about moral standard. I'm just sort of curious yeah, why. What's in it because for her? <laughs> because yeah. you know we do get mm. some idea. She's someone who doesn't really like. She doesn't <coughs> seem to care that much what people think, or at least that's what mm. he says. And she's she's pretty like she's witty and smart. Mm. And yeah. so why is she dating this guy? That is the. But in some way, and it's some, not a moral yeah. thing. It's just like you know yeah. Yeah. why. In some ways, this is also the point of the story: is he has forgotten to develop a personality. Yeah, 
and no one has seen him for what like oh there's like I like the story yeah. but like oh once in a while like no one has ever seen Ted for who he really is but that's like, also the point is he's forgotten to make himself who he really is mm. and so that's yeah. or he's not forgotten he's become so neurotically fixated with hiding who he really is that it doesn't exist for all intents and purposes until he has that outburst in the beginning of the story I think there's some there's some real Ted in that moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. but like speaking of the moral point of like, is the like I think shared for all the stories or like most of the stories sort of is like your heart's desire won't make you happy, like isn't that basically <laughs> like what many of them boil down to? Like Anna doesn't make him happy, and Robert doesn't make Margot happy, and in Sardines the or Sardine Sardines. 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 Like the mother wants the dad's new girlfriend yeah. well to die, um, mm. and I guess she does in the end. She becomes a sort of flesh yeah. mush. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think that will make the mother very happy either. And like then we have the scarred story oh, again. Your heart's desire one. won't make you happy. And that that that's the literal one, right? That that's when. Yeah. That's the one where it's it's most. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on and and try and find something. Oh, sorry, <laughs> this sounds really mean. I'm like, um, but no, I'll, I'll find something that I think is interesting and a good go. And I think, and uh, and I think this is where it differs from most of the others. Um, so it's partially about desire, but I think where it's at, it's most sort of interesting is when it's talking about guilt, and specifically about a really interesting thing about guilt, which they don't tell you in church, is that guilt is not actually good in and of itself. Hmm. Guilt can actually cause you to do the wrong thing or can cause you to basically <laughs> yeah. turn yourself into a monster yeah. because Which is, it's not really, yeah. it's not really guilt. But you know, his, so the whole, the, the framework around the good guy, for those who haven't read it, is it's, it begins with this guy, this guy, uh, what's his name? Ted. Ted. Breaking up, breaking up with a woman or oh, he's already broke up and they're sort of, Having the Actually really the awkward, details, yeah, yeah. And, oh my god, <laughs> love it. Um, where he sort of explains his sort of modus operandi of basically like you know he's just there. He tells them what he wants and they don't listen. Um, she hits him and he's sort of and apparently this is what makes the memories flood back. It, it's it's quite like conventional from that point mm. of view of like oh you have this trauma this means you need to relive your life. Mm. Um, Life is flashing before its eyes. Yeah, exactly. Um, But it's framed, but all of that is framed around this idea that there is this jury, judge and jury of Mm. the women that he's dated, and everything is framed around that. And at the end, they're they're literally dangling his feet over the fire. Uh, It's like it's not (laughs) it's not subtly done Mm. by any means, but it is the dynamic of that is interesting. Yeah, it's always. He's actually relating everything compared to that. And it sort of shows you to some degree how just being aware of the dynamic doesn't mean that he has understood the sort of underlying reasons or doesn't make him good because he's understand understood it and tries to adapt to it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because you sort of fundamentally like everything is about okay well I can't break up with this person who I hate now because we're in a restaurant and I've said I'm going to meet her cousin or yeah. something like that uh, and you know so you know I don't want to be an asshole so mm. I won't do it um, so it, it's also it's about this sort of dynamic of of guilt as well and maybe and maybe to return to your idea mm. of okay well where is this sort of the the dick stabbing come from yeah yeah it's uh it comes out of that right yeah yeah it comes out of the displacing yeah and his whole SM thing is coming out of the notion that he sh- he he should be desired which means he shouldn't have constructed this thing where he has to be good all the time yeah i mean the, yeah. yeah the yeah. the snm one allows is sort of his way of trying to be genuine in mm. a way right yeah I think so. But getting back to you said desire. Yeah. <laughs> do you see a difference between the desire in like when it's focalized from Margot's point of view and cat person to now Ted as the narrator or well he isn't but uh, it is from sort of his point of view of like her desire goes through Robert's desire of her. But that doesn't go for Ted, right? No. I mean, like Ted yeah, doesn't it, have the same experience. No, he desires people, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he might desire them because they're popular and pretty and blah, mm. but it's not their desire of him. Oh, it's his, yeah. Yeah, it's his own. Yeah, it's and that's like just... One of the disappointing things is like, if I'm not disappointing, but it's just... Um, in that way, it's, it's doing a kind of very traditional literary move of women desiring via... Mm. Like become, become, by becoming the object of someone else's desire and mm. men actively desiring things and being thwarted in that and then finding these convoluted ways to come and deal with it that being said i did find um the good guy a very uncomfortable read as it reminded me of younger versions of myself and thankfully i was so egotistical i managed to develop some personality and oh, margo and cat person younger version of myself. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> i think she's 20 yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's an extreme version right because i think ah, in no. all of these <laughs> no no but, okay <laughs> Because what connects most of these things mm. is these are all incredibly isolated mm. characters, people. They don't really interact with other ones. There is no, there is their object of desire, and then there is just this desert around it. Um, there is no outside yeah. influence on anything. People don't talk. People don't really talk to their friends about <laughs> other people. There is no input. People don't have interest in the world at all. Yeah, it's like an introduction to Lacan, isn't it? It's weird. <laughs> there must be there must be more to him than that. No, I start. Fuck. That's what it is. Oh, by the okay, way, uh, uh, bingo, no. uh, bingo players, uh, please cross off Lacan now. <laughs> Speaking of Lacan, there's, okay. So what put me off the good guy? And yeah. now we're to with uh, the, sto- the story or the guy? Uh, the story. Mm. So um, at one point, uh, yeah, uh, Rachel is mocking him because she's like found out that he's into Anna, mm. and. Um, so she's like calling him out and on like how he wants Anna's attention. And then it says, was there a point at which your ego was crushed so completely that it died and you no longer had to lug around the burden of yourself? There must be a German word for this feeling when the elaborate contortions of your own thinking rose to the surface <laughs> and became suddenly and unpleasantly visible, like walking past a mirror in a crowded mall and thinking, Who's that dude with the terrible posture? And why is he cringing like he expects someone to punch him? I'd like to punch him. Oh, wait, that's me. And when it said, I, I'd like to punch him, it's the I-D. Mm. And 
this German word is the unheimlich, the yeah. uncanny, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is where like the id, like the, the id, id, the id, id yeah. becomes like aware of itself, but like through the repetition and through like the, the familiar of the the, 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 the re-emergence of the once familiar that is now unfamiliar. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So here, like the me too is written into uh, the cat person, and mm. here, I mean, he does say, "I'm a nice guy," right? But like this is not him. This is the narrator saying to the reader, "I'm smart. You're smart." We know something that he doesn't, and you know we get each other yeah. right. And I'm like, no, we don't. Oh. Fuck off. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, thing, I don't know. I've not. I mean, All right. is, is that even? Oh, no, I'm not gonna say it. That's that's very cool. I just read it like I I, I identify with that. I I totally ident- identify with this content. But I I noticed this very like late last night yeah. and. Because I reread it and I saw that the second time I read it, and that was just that is just so fucking well constructed that like wow, but still yeah. it's like the narrator there like reaches out to the reader and mm. like Ugh. there is a general thing of massively condescending to read it. In mm. this. It's kind I of think. like going that degree in English wasn't a waste after all, was it? <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> it was because I could have enjoyed this before, and now I just feel condescended to. Yeah, but like this, this again, it, the condescension does is inbuilt in this. Where's the Where's Bad Boy? In the oh beginning. yeah, Bad Boy. Bad Boy. First story. First story. Oh, there we go. <laughs> could have forgot. I could have remembered that. But so an example of this is something like in Bad Boy, they'll say, uh, so it's you know two, it's this couple. Who always like that's the voice. It's and maybe that's one of the things that's interesting about it is the mm. fact that it's it's this um, couple as one first voice. person yeah. plural. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, at, the, at a certain point they go, oh, uh, one of us told the other, and we can talk about one of us told the other as a as a construction uh, that listening to our friend complain about the details of his break breakup was like listening to an alcoholic whine about being hungover. You say, okay, yeah, I get that. Um, no, I don't think, Rapini doesn't think you're going to get this. So <laughs> then she explains, yes, the suffering was there, but good God, it was hard to muster sympathy for someone with so little insight into the causes of his own problems. Oh, thank you. Yes, no, I hadn't, I hadn't figured that on out. Uh, it's good. Oh, man, it's just like, <laughs> when, when you open with that, and that is on the first page, that's, that's, uh, that wasn't a good beginning. So that was when, that was when you left the book. You were like, <laughs> <laughs> oh. So speaking of openings, um... Like, I think it's very, like, um, coherent in that way that, like, the first sentence in every story always, like, declares the program, like, mm. what is going to happen now. And some of them are quite, like, nice. Uh, in Sardines, it says, like, this is Marla's first wine afternoon with the moms since the incident. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, fine, tell me about the incident, the moms, the wine afternoon. Yeah, sure. Um, Night Runner says the classic skulls were bad and everyone knew it. And that is what, like, then then you're into it, right? Um, but listening to an interview with her, she talks about how she's interested in horror. And I think these are, I mean, you, these are all constructed that way. It's sort of, it's the hook. Yeah. It's the in introduction, it's the build up, and then you get the climax. Sometimes, <laughs> in some of them, you don't even get that. Um, <laughs> this is now the section of the podcast where Charlie hates the book. Look at your game girl is particularly to blame for that I, one. I found this one extremely frustrating. Tell me. 
Come on. <laughs> Tell us ben, more. Ben. <laughs> um, like, throughout the story, it's described this guy, I don't remember. Was his name Charlie? Oh, oh uh, um... Yeah, because I think yeah. I think it's supposed to be like Charlie Manson, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, the Carly, yeah, 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 because he's got the Charlie Manson. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, throughout the story, it's described like how he looks and his his long, like gross, like uh, fingernails, yeah, dirty yeah. fingernails, yeah. and his his hair, and he just looks like really. Um, and I was expecting some kind of climax at the end of the story where this would become relevant. Like he would like touch her in a really unpleasant way and she would feel like his his fingernails, they are like on me or something. Yeah. And then when I finished the story, I was really dissatisfied with how it turned out. Mm-hmm. I was really expecting something more. Yeah. And I think this, this one in particular, I, I really didn't like it. I think it's because I felt so dissatisfied in the end. It really didn't give me what I wanted. Uh, so, so you well, in in when you were building up to it, you were expecting. I was expecting some kind of. I mean, many of the stories they they are they are focusing about like around sex, mm-hmm. and yeah, like the desire mm-hmm. and stuff like this. And I was really expecting more sexuality. I know that it was also about like this twelve year old girl and her mm-hmm. like uh, mild attraction to this like strange guy mm-hmm. and not knowing what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. But I was expecting some kind of like, like more, like yeah. aggre- aggressive uh, se- sex. It's like... <laughs> I, yes. Yes. <laughs> Our main complaint is yeah. that this is, there's not enough sex and violence in this book. Just in this one. <laughs> Actually, I think, I think it might be a, a kind of a central point to the whole thing is that it's really unclear why anyone wants to do any of this in this book. Like, yeah. all of this hassle. Why? And Frida's complaint ties into your guys' complaints about um, Ted and the good guy. And, like, it never comes back to, like, his sexual fetishes, right? Mm. Uh, why, like, this detail, why is it there if mm. it's not going to be used? But uh, the beginning of good guy where uh, the dick stabbing mm-hmm. uh, is described, <laughs> this kind of started to make sense to me later in mm. the story where he was describing how he was being mean to Rachel mm. mm-hmm. while while dry humping. Mm. Um, yeah. Then it started kind. Then it kind of started yeah. to make sense. It was yeah. still a bit like you would like to know more. Yeah. But the end, they the end state kind of like started. That's true, and I think that develops uh, when he, like, when his want is that girls want to want. has to want him so much yeah. that mm. they're ready to do basically anything for him, yeah. including sitting apparently on a knife and yeah. like grinding around. Yeah, he's really got himself in a hole there. That's. Or maybe not. That's the problem. I don't know. But there is, uh, yeah. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, un- strangely, like I think what seems absent to me there is like there is actually kind of a like the idea is okay. He's not really a person. He's just lots of um, lots of frames around this initial like attempt to mm. be like then. Oh, and it turns out when you when you scrape behind the surface, he's nothing, and. Yeah, fine, but there is no, there isn't like any friction there. There isn't any abrasive surface that would give you an idea that he could be something else because it's not fighting against anything. Yeah. yeah. Does, I, does that make sense? I, I think it would be, as you say, like if, if we were, as, as, as you were saying, Frida, that, you know, if we were to hear more about his fetishes, we could maybe 
feel some of that friction of like we could start to like piece together something of um of what he would what he wants like what his, what his what his uh power fantasies are what his um notions of relations are um and control and and desire but he instead we just have i'm a fetishist and that's bad because i fucked up my psychology <laughs> so we don't have we don't have the mechanism of repression revealing anything about who he could have been we just have i'm repressed because patriarchy a little bit and it's a shame because it's also a, it's it's a kernel of a wonderful kind of story to like in to interrogate and find this this selfish this this as you were saying before Charlie, the, the this kind of this guilt that is toxic because it it it, it is it's more it's more about a sort of nostalgia for or for a past that could have been but instead it's just um it's being redirected. Yeah, it's, just, it's directed in that sort of way. So uh, I've lost the train of thought. But yeah, well, that's the thing. That's what that fucking story does. Let's let's <laughs> let's turn back to you know, teenage Macon, for example. Mm. Sorry, I don't I don't mean to pile into you, but oh, so I my want... name is Macon, by the way. <laughs> Macon love. Macon. Um, I'm, dude, I'm sorry. What's happening now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Makey. <clears throat> um, yeah. Even even like. How can I put it? It's so one-dimensional, mm. the the level of desire. I mean, he just wants to be loved by someone. There mm. is nothing else. All of us, no matter how obsessed we ever were by anyone ever, only had that. Yeah, We had some friction. We had to mm. do something. Mm. Uh, we read a book. We fell in a ditch. Yeah. We, like, yeah. you know, uh, our parent, we had an argument with our parents. Other stuff was going around which yeah. shaped that. It wasn't all yeah. inclusive. That we thought it was, but it never was. We, and this yeah. takes as its point of view is actually no, that was the most important thing. We may mm, be, but we, isn't... Sorry. Uh, so, so we may become convinced at times that the book he read could have been the thing that would finally allow us to be seductive in some way. But on the side of that, we had read the book and actually thought, had thoughts. And that's the thing. Yes, like, yes, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. We yeah, kind yeah. of forget that actually all that stuff was still happening. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's so in in it's so sort of into that obsessive part that it mm. doesn't have the moment of thinking of being able to reflect that actually that was never the whole thing. Yeah. There was a whole bunch of other things happening around that which actually were just as much shaping. And maybe when you look back, I don't know. Most of the time, when I look back. At a moment, an awkward mm. teenage moment, mm. I realized, okay, well, there was a bunch of other stuff. That mm. wasn't the only thing that was happening in mm. my life. Other things were shaping that, mm. redirecting me. Mm. And yeah, I don't. Yeah, in some ways, it's almost like. There's no grit. There's no grit in any of the things, which is what. Yeah, and maybe in some ways, it's almost as if. This is the problem that I think lots of women have experienced throughout the centuries reading books written by men depicting how women behave. Because uh, this is almost like a story about how teenage boys appear to the girls they were obsessed with. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, I think there's definitely, yeah, I mean, you know, fuck it. I mean, we deserve it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's for sure. But, um, Turnabout was fair play, after all. But, but, we, uh, but we, you know, you could say that, but was it actually, in, it doesn't sound like in the end it was even that. 
No. If it doesn't result in something that was interesting for you read, then the fact that you got one over on... No, and I mean, it didn't really sound... Like, I mean, I think Marco was more believable than he was. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think, so, so, surely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. Um, but that's what I think, like, it, like, I think it reduces, like, all the male characters. Uh, and I think it has the eye for, like, the women. It might reduces them as well, but I think they're just more interesting. Mm. Um, Something wonderful very slowly has happened that we've ended up just really hating on this book within about, I think, a five-minute span. I don't hate it. That's, yeah. I don't I, hate it. I think it's well-made. Um, I think it's well-constructed and, like, tied together. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can see that this is, like, this is a skill. Yeah. Uh, and, like, a handcraft. Mm. And... I know that that is what you usually don't like, Macon, because this is what I guess you would call MFA literature that you have objected to in the past. I think it's a little bit better than that. Yeah. Um, but it's also difficult because it's in a short story form, and this is a very. This is like. Yeah. Well, I, I think what I will say is that okay, I find I find it condescending, but it's not. I actually didn't find it that pretentious, as in. Yeah. I think, in if anything, it, the problem maybe is it sort of bends over backwards to, to the reader. Yeah, um, is super concerned about the reader to an extent. You know where it's mm. sort of going, saying, "Oh, you'll have to." You know, I'm not going to describe this guy to you. You're just going to have to imagine your own. Mm. It does these kind of little touches here, but uh, yeah, again, that's that's. Yeah. No okay, I miss the ambition of pretension. Maybe is the is. So okay. So we've like after five minutes we hate it. So I like. Does anyone have a favorite story, or just one that was better than the other? Because I think I mean, Cat Person was mine, uh, because like I could really recognize Marco, and I think there was a sort of like power to reading something that puts into word what like is just more like has been a previous very diffuse experience, and seeing that on paper, at least some of it was just fun. <sighs> And like sometimes the book, I would say it is fun. Like mm. um, I liked in Scarred uh, when the woman uh, finds this book in the library. Like I really didn't like the story, but okay, <laughs> she finds this book um, mm. uh, shelf behind a shelf in the library. And now you're all opening your books. You really don't have to. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go very quickly through it. And she finds these spells to summon up her dream guy. Mm. And then after that. That is not enough. So she gains wealth and strength and intelligence. And in the end, like, oh, like, second to that, she gains power. And that's the spell that requires his tears. And I just thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, I kind of like the tone of that story, though, because it was sort of bumbling and it, yeah. The, there's two main elements of that story. Again, I'm, I, I, I pick on really small things because... I need because I like things on that level, <laughs> and maybe this is actually why I I find this quite mm. hard to talk about as a book because mm. there's not not very much happens at a small level. So the things I do find are generally yeah. just things I find funny. Like in this, she mm. finds this book and she thinks I'll try a spell, and so she says I draw a, ch a chalk circle in the floor of my basement, crush together basil and blackberry from my cupboard, and I'm like, no, you didn't fucking have blackberry in your fucking cupboard, you absolute liar. <laughs> 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 who has blackberry in their cupboard? She didn't. 
And then I really didn't like the the scared, scarred thing, yeah. which doesn't work. Like, has she heard anyone speak it before? It did feel like I was I was trying to get the accent in my head to say scared, scarred, and it didn't really. Scared. Scar. But, like, there, there's no accent scared, in the world in scared, which those scared. two sound the same. Okay, scarred. so back to favorite story. Okay, yeah. I think I know which one. Yeah. I'm going to leave you till the end, Charlie, because... <laughs> Do you have a favorite? Like, was there just Frida one that was sort of like better than the others, at least? Yeah, I think cat person or biter. A biter? Yes. Okay. What? Okay, because I think, okay, back like in a second, Megan, I think biter was your favorite story, but why did you like it, Frida? I don't know. It didn't feel so pretentious. Mm-hmm. I, I found, uh, and I don't know, I, I found it funny. Yeah. Yes. Mm. It it also made me laugh. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know the the character in Biter. I forgot her name now. Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. Mm. Ellie. I don't know. I did. I didn't find her so annoying. No. Uh, I in general I found a lot of the characters quite empty. Mm. Uh, I I couldn't really relate to many of them. Mm. Um, but I don't know something about. I don't really know how to describe it, mm. but I, I didn't find her annoying. No. And I was like mm. interested in what she was doing or the way that she was thinking. And this whole like reasons not to buy, bite uh, yeah. this guy. It is wrong. It is wrong. <laughs> I don't know. It seemed, uh, it seemed real yeah. or like more real. Than yeah. many of the other stories. That's more loose. Yeah, or... and in general, I didn't like that some of the stories contained this like magic or like supernatural yeah. kind of thing. I found this quite weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it didn't really, it didn't really get me, or like I didn't got, I didn't get it. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's kind of yeah. I I, I think I definitely agree. Is that the magic, ma- the magicy ones tend to be some of the weaker ones, and then I, what I, what I really like about Biter is well, in the context of the conversation we've been having. So far, I think the character of Ellie wants something. Yeah, mm. there's something she definitely desires. Yeah, and she desires to bite people. Yeah, and, and she think, goes for it. And she goes for it. And I think there's something really interestingly morally, like, relative or like or relativistic in the way that her opportunity to do this is when the guy is trying to sexually harass her in the workplace. And she can transgress the boundary to get her desire because it's semantically meaningless as anything but self-defense. But she's actually getting what she wants. <laughs> and he can't get what he wants because it's very meaningful within that context. So his desire to be sec- to sexual har- sexually harass in the workplace is damaging and dangerous for him and there's a risk to it, even though he's getting this sort of like weird power kick out of it. Whereas her response of biting him gives her all the same kinds of pleasure, but uh, because no one knows what it means, she can just completely mm. breeze on through. Mm. And I think that's quite interesting, the way that that story has this nice thing of how desire is coded in, mm. in different mm. ways. Like, if people understand desire to be meaningful or the actions associated with desire to be meaningful in, in ways that can be positive or negative that can infringe upon, like, say, if you sexually harass someone, they're like, oh, well, you've got promotion because you're sleeping with the boss, blah, 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 blah. All this kind of stuff is such baggage to that want, whereas I just want to bite people ends right there. 
And either you're fired or you do it at the right time and you get what you want and get away with it. And she kind of had this idea in her head of biting him and then blaming it on him. Like, yeah. he tried to harass me, so I bit him. Yeah. And that's what she got in the end. And this this I found really satisfying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's really satisfying, actually. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I did. Okay, no. so I know this is, like, I can see that you like it. And, like, I see that, like, how this differs from the other stories and, like, it's mm. written more, like, humorous and, like, it's more loose and, like, mm. it's probably better what I stared myself blind at. And I'm sort of ashamed of it. But that was, like, the end of that story. The only thing I could see was, like, turn your weakness into your strength in, like, everyday life, in the workplace, everywhere, which is this, like, neoliberalistic... Uh, like wet dream, like turn your weakness into mm. your strength. Oh yeah, but I don't think this. I don't think Ellie, Ellie's a moral hero. No, but I th- kind of thought that like the story was, or I, like the message of that. And I can see mm. how that's not all of it, but that was all that I could see. Okay, yeah, I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't see that. I just saw that. Um, I saw more the relativism of it all. Yeah. I saw it more being about, oh. Within the situation, I can play to my advantage and get a good old bite on this guy. Um, I thought it was more about it's more more about how to get what you want, which is inherently problematic as an idea. Mm. And I think it explores that problematic in an interesting way. But as you say, it isn't a good conclusion because it's just. I, I, what's her weakness, though? Uh, uh, having to, like, compulsory, like, compulsively having to bite people, right? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I know that that's not all there is to, like, I, I just couldn't see anything else to yeah. that story than that. I mean, I just took it as, like, a formal game of, okay, let's start from the ending. The ending, which is someone sexually harassed mm. you and you've mm. um, bitten them. You, you've sort of for against mm. and and people side with you which yeah. is fine and then like, what's the absurdist what's the absurd beginning to this mm. which turns which is you yeah know, which makes it, it sort it, of yeah. does the opposite way of it, rather than it, it's sort of, I, which i think maybe is what makes it a bit more interesting from that level mm. is that it doesn't do the twist it starts with the twist yeah uh, which I think might be a relief element and what maybe makes it just sort of funny is because it's not yeah. gearing up to a twist yeah. because yeah. the twist is already happened. Yeah, you know from the very beginning she's going to bite someone and that's going to be Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're not like, okay, does she, yeah. you know... Does the guy take his shirt off at the right time? Yeah. Near the swimming pool, who knows? And thank God it didn't begin because it easily could have begun with she's just bitten this guy... Now, hang on, folks. You might be wondering, how did I get into this mess? <laughs> well, it all started way back when. If, this was, if these were the literal words of the story, I would enjoy that. As I was sinking my teeth into my co-worker, and he was screaming in pain and agony, I wondered, how did I get here? Well, folks, here's the story. <laughs> all about how my life got... Yeah. Um, yeah. Charlie, what's your favourite story in the book? Um... I think the one, um, it might be The Boy in the Pool. Okay. Um, I, oh, wow. Not that it had, uh, not for its no, conclusion yeah. so much, but uh, I think it was at least more interesting to me in that it was uh, just exploring some actually different dynamics that weren't obsessional, uh, that weren't sort of, they're just about a one-dimensional mm. sort of take on life, but were more about a sort of... 
how people come and go in your life uh, and sort of what that that kind of weird relationship and it's mm. also about sort of the weird time it's also just fundamentally about that sort of weird time we live in where you sort of now you have yeah. access direct access to mm. your uh, to your nostalgia mm. Um, which I think is a bit more of an interesting take for me than most of the others. Yeah, that is true, actually. That's a, mm-hmm. I should have probably thought more about that story because I read it. I think I, the thing is, like, I read the, when I read it, I thought, I think I remember starting and having those kind of thoughts and then them being sort of cut off immediately by the end, which is just... This, sure, yeah. I mean, this, at the end, you're just like, okay. But I think as a premise, you're right, it's very, it's very interesting because it's very much about that kind of a passing sensation. There was the, there was that summer when we were obsessed with this film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, because I'm not, uh, I don't really read a lot of, short stories is not a mm. form that I'm super uh, knowledgeable mm. or that interested in, mm. I think, just generally. Um, I don't like, I, I don't care about like plot going from A to B to mm. C, um, which is generally what short stories are mostly about. Mm. They're just like condensed versions of books and I like the things in between the <laughs> books, no, in novels, not so much the plot bit, which is generally my problem with short stories. Um, but the going, the, the sort of where it's, the sort of meandering mm. uh, towards the beginning and in the middle is, is, yeah, I find a bit more interesting. Yeah, I can like I that. Least favourite stories, isn't it? No, oh. let's not do that. <laughs> I think I think we sort of mentioned them really. Yeah. Each of us in our way has already. I think we're gonna round off. Unless Well, I, I wanted to conclude because I, I think this is a really important thing that we haven't really talked about, which is just like the hype. Oh yeah. Yeah. The hype I, machine. Uh, and I, I really want to f- talk about this fucking dust jacket and what an insult it is okay, yeah. to any like reasonable person. Uh, and especially to so what we have before us is that navy blue book with very shiny silver letters saying, you know, you want this. That's okay. I can deal with that. Yeah, but it really does beg, it just does beg the joke of actually, nah. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> or <laughs> I'm is, okay. Yeah, exactly. Or, no, I'm fine. Uh, I don't oh, mean yeah, so much. Sold, this, we sold outside of the UK, though, I mean, so I'm sure it's a pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like it's, 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 uh, I mean, it's a ballsy title. All right. But uh, are really undercut by just I'm just talking about the sort of marketing of this book really. But like in the dusk jacket, it has what I would say is the most cringy picture I've ever seen, <laughs> and it seems like non-consensual. Yeah, it just like I don't see how I don't understand why she let them do that one because there's plenty of other pictures of her online just looking normal, and I don't see why they had to do the like from above like creepy thing. I think they were maybe going for horror, but it, maybe not in the way that was decided. But really, mm. the way they market this is emerging from a seven-year relationship in her mid-30s, Kirsten Rupinian thought she'd been much better at dating. She was wise, older, wise, and boasted a finely tuned bullshit detector. Instead, a memorably bad encounter planted the seed for the story cat person, which became viral sensation, blah, blah, blah. So this is this is this is what this person is according to her own mm. publisher. She's just someone who had bad relationships, and this is a book. <laughs> <laughs> like that's insulting to her. Yeah. That's not okay. No, that's no. not good. And is- also, no, sorry. What is weird is like, okay, so she's in her mid thirties, and she's been in a seven-year relationship, and she thought she would be wiser. But I mean, the gap doesn't seem that large like from 28 to 35 i mean yeah. no from 28 to 35 i mean i can see a lot happens and seven but it's not like you 
It's not like got into a relationship yeah. when you were 18, you came out when you were 25. I would say yeah. probably more happens there. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, oh. Yeah. yeah. And also just like, it makes it like, she doesn't, there's no way at all that she presents herself to people <laughs> as, a, oh yeah, I came out of a seven year relationship. Like, no. No, I'm, why, why is yeah. that's not that's not a defining pa- fa- factor of any person? Yeah, it's almost like bigotry at the end where it says, uh, and she's got a PhD as well. Yeah, <laughs> but she worked as a bookseller and a nanny. Yeah, wow, okay. that's a story I want to hear. Tell me more. And okay, uh, can I start end with a last? I'm I'm sorry to hijack this, but the other Go thing ahead. I was really interested in this is made in this is going to be made into an HBO series. What what thing is going like? Which one of these it's can like you imagine? Them, it's gonna be like a Black Mirror type thing. Mm, yeah, I can see that. Which which of these can you see most like in a, like as a TV show, like as a TV show episode? Sardines, Cat, sardines, sardines. Night yes. Runner. Oof. I can see Night Runner. Um, I can yeah. kind of see all of them. Yeah, yeah, I can see Death that. Wish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, we never oh, got yeah. to that. Which one is oh, Death okay. Wish? Okay. Uh, should we yeah. should we a few minutes on Death Wish? Sure. <laughs> uh, only story t- uh, told from the first person singular perspective. Oh. Yeah. Because there is the we in the first story, yeah, but that's yeah. the we, not the I. I would say that the first story is. is I hate. Oh no, Scott. Scott is also. Okay. Yeah. I hate Death Wish. Mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous. And at one point, the guy is like explaining to the reader. So this is what it had all come to. Like my life was this now. Yeah. Or I like that he was in fuck it all mode. <laughs> <laughs> but not really, though, was he? <laughs> no, he was. He was. He did it though. He did it. He made himself. <laughs> yes, but I, I think he did it because he was like fuck it, fuck everything. I might as well just do it. My life is. Mm. I live in a motel. Uh, I think he would have enjoyed it more if he actually was in fuck it all mode. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I think, like, I think you wanted to be. I think the kind of like fuck it all thing was like, it's like, f- fuck it all. It's like, it's, 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 it's not quite. <laughs> like not punching her, but like tapping on the nose, like fuck, fuck it all. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's a definitely a, it's got, it's got this weird moralism, which is a problem as a story. Mm. Um, and a lack of interest in the woman altogether. Yeah. But again, I think she's more interesting than he is. Mm-hmm. Just from the not knowing anything yeah, about yeah, her. And we know a lot about him, she but he's she's, not. she's got a suitcase and we don't know what's in it. Exactly. <laughs> the like MacGuffin. Fucking pop fiction all over the place. And he like just divorced and bad place. Like, oh. But okay. you know, even the suitcase is another example of like, you know, you introduce this thing and yeah. then he mentions, mentions it at the end, but it's not like an ongoing thing. No. If, if you'd constantly been wondering what's going on in this fucking yeah. thing, like maybe, but it but, doesn't. And really, I, she should just like have some stirrups or something. Like my point is, this is not as constructed. Like, is yeah. not as like. No, but this at is least not, she's none of this is coherent with that. Like, um, like she keeps doing that. And mm. I mean, there, I sense a sort of like power in that. Like introducing these details, like stabbing yourself on like his dick and <laughs> the dirty fingernails, as Frida yeah. said, and now like the suitcase. At least like she has these details, mm. and like they're just there, yeah. and then you can do with them what you want. And they, I guess, they do create some sort of like mystique. I, I mean, if this worked, it would be. Cu- <laughs> it would be curious to know what a novel. There we go. <laughs> that is the telling fucking phrase of this <laughs> session. It would be curious to know what a novel by her would be like if she could actually. She actually, so she got like this seven-figure deal. Yeah. Uh, that I'm not going to hold against her because it's the market and not her. Yeah. And it is being made into an HBO series. She got a two-book deal 
from that seven so figure. This is, so this is no, the first one. Right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. there will be another one, I assume. But I really mm. hope that he's like riding it from yeah. the beach bar in some tropical island yeah. and be having a ball. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think one. Of the, yeah, one of the things to talk about in relationship to the hype is that I probably would have a. It would have been easier to read these stories if it wasn't this massive sensation. If I'd come across this, I might have thought, "Ah, oh, that's okay." Mm. I think reading it as like there must be some import to this is a problem. Mm. And I think that aside from Cat Person, the others don't quite deliver that. No, I think it was in a hurry yeah. because, you know, the novelty of it yeah. and like it had to be published. I'd be curious to know what the novel would be like. Yeah, I'm probably going to maybe read I'll, it. If I look the forward to you guys telling me. It exists. I will listen to the podcast. I'm a fucking martyr for the cause. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, will you? Well, will you recommend this book, Frida? <laughs> or who would you recommend it to? In general, yeah. I found it very unpleasant. Or another, like, mm. would you read it again? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. It was uh, after many of the stories, I had a very like not nice feeling mm. uh, that I would rather have been without. Fair enough. It sounds to me, though, like in a way, this book worked better on you. In a way, because if if you take it as a horror book, then these are yeah. But I didn't really you just, you just don't yeah. But I didn't really take it as a horror book. Mm. Uh, mm. No, uh, I I didn't enjoy reading it so much. Some of the I enjoyed some of some of the stories, mm. and I enjoyed Bad Boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Afterwards, I was really disgusted with the with the story and myself for enjoying the story, uh, but I found it by far the most captivating yeah. of mm-hmm. all the stories. Yeah, it's like Kafka. It's like yeah, yeah. But it's it's very uh, yeah. It's mm. not. So yeah. it's like, recommended? It's like, not recommended? Like, no, not. no, 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 no. It's gonna be a no from me. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be a no from me. <laughs> Macon. I'm gonna dull down. Uh, Bad boy is the Kafka of our age. Um, no, it's it. I think maybe I was think, reading this thinking I wish that teenage me had read this book. It probably would have helped. I think teenagers All probably read it. I think All so. Yeah, I they, was thinking like young adult when yeah. I wrote, read this book. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah it reminds me. Audience. It reminds me a lot of like when I was a teenager. I read a lot of like Neil Gaiman things, mm. and they. This reminds me a lot of that mm. like yeah. young adult style. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so stuff. I think I would recommend it to teens if I found like some kind of precocious youth who was seeming troubled with their um, own capacity for desire uh, which I probably shouldn't know about but <laughs> if, if I knew I'd be like well, well I don't know but I certainly think about it a lot now that Jimmy I've seen the way you've looked at that girl um, then I'd say this will probably help you realise that you're not alone in that and there are ways through it and they're not always comfortable I think in some ways there's, there's, a, there's a service function of this book. And you're not alone. Macon's already been there. Yeah. We're all, <laughs> we're all in there still. Now, I think it, it's not bad. I think it would be interesting to know if she can scale it up and actually, say, use a theme she introduces early on and actually have it come through a longer work. Um, yeah, I'd probably recommend it to kids. Charlie? <laughs> yeah. it? Well, I mean... Not to people I know. Strange. <laughs> yeah, just uh, yeah, strange people I just like. No, I mean, uh, same, similar thing. I think, like, it, it would appeal to... Like, I felt like if I'd read it when I was maybe 15, 16, I think yeah. I would have been into into it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. How about you, Joe? I think I would recommend it to like teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't uh, think it's a bad book. Yeah. I think it's like. I think it's a a fine book. I don't think I'm the audience for it. Um, I didn't dislike it, but I kind of disliked it though. But I kind of also want because I like. I don't know. It seems well crafted. I think it deserves an audience at least. I think the strength of it is yeah that it is maybe for teenagers. I think that's maybe a great thing about it. It could be a great book for youth to deal with. Mm. Yeah. Although, although they've not marketed it as that at all. No, which that's... I think is its problem. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next month. Next month, next I month. told you. Surprise me. What and, are we going to read? Well, I've already put them in the basket, so we're going to get the um, convenience store woman. Oh, great! Okay. And um, the name of the author is is a, is a Japanese name, and my um, Western imperialism means that I can't remember it properly. And <laughs> I'm really embarrassed because my 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 web browser's down, so I can't. We're definitely check. gonna do this book justice next month. No, I, but next month I'll be like all over the pronunciation and name. We'll have practice. Make them all have practice. This is nice because then people know that we don't like edit this at all. So you didn't bother like pausing and finding out. It depends if I go back and edit this. Oh, which you won't. <laughs> which, which I won't. But, um, yeah. Well, well, just for the sake, what? just for the sake of completeness, <laughs> let's actually say it. Just because. Uh, so next month we will read. <laughs> next, so next month we're going to read um, "Convenience Store Woman" by Sayaka Mur- Murata. That sounds that was, I don't know. Maybe it's a shitty book. That's, all, I no that's all staying. I enjoyed in. it. Huh. Okay, Frida enjoyed it. Yes. Yes. Well, that's that podcast. Mm. <laughs>